so what is a father? You know, we say that he is the father, that he's the son, that is the Holy Spirit. Children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. And I want you to know that when we look at Father's Day and we look at worshiping him, for many of us, Father's Day is a surreal moment. For many of us, it's a difficult time. For many of us, it's a time of rejoicing. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of being able to spend time with your loved one to say, yes, I love you, and I'm glad I get to spend this time with you. For dads, if you're in this room, or husbands, you are honored today. So that day is set aside for you to be honored. But I remember as I reflect back on my childhood, as I reflect back on on just my life, my dad was never a, a guy who I could say, was even a believer. We had opportunities when I was 13 years of age. I remember us driving on Industry Road. And I remember the pastor at one point saying to me, I want you to ask your father, your mother, ask your loved ones if they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I remember just topping over. It was Talmadge Avenue 18. And we were crossing over. And I remember dad was in that I believe it was a Chevy. We had a, he had a tan truck. Remember the gear shift? It went first, second, and third. Remember that? I, I used to drive that truck. And uh, our kids are like, what is that today? They don't even make those, do they? And uh, you walk, you get in a car, and you push a button, and it starts. Before long, we'll program, and it'll take us to wherever we need to go, and we can sleep and wake up someday, and we'll be there. And uh, <laughs> we won't have to worry about it anymore. But I remember topping that hill, and I remember my heart starting to pound. And I looked at my dad, and I said, Dad, do you know who Jesus is? And he said to me, well, yes, son, I know who Jesus is. No, do you know him in a personal way? And he said to me, well, what do you mean by a personal way? Well, I'm 13 years old. What's a 13-year-old going to say to a, to, to a dad who you think already knows all this information? And I didn't have, you know, the, the Christian lingo that everybody else has. But I looked at my dad and I said, well, do you know Jesus? Have you asked him into your heart? He goes, well, yes, son, I have. I did that years ago when I was dating a girl. And we went to Rex Humbard's church in Tioga Falls and Cathedral of Tomorrow. Isn't that what it was called? And uh, he said, I accepted the Lord. I was never discipled. I sat there on the right side of the truck. Didn't say a word. What was I going to say after that? Okay. We made it through that hard, difficult question. But throughout my dad's life, I knew he was a good, good father. My dad did some not-so-godly things. My dad owned a couple bars, but he loved people, and he would do good things. But I knew good things didn't get him to heaven. I know good things didn't get him to a place that where I, I could say, yes, Dad, you're good. But that is not what gets you to heaven. So for years, when we look in the book of Luke, we look at the prodigal son, and we looked at the relationship of the father and, the, uh, and of the son. And as Jesus was teaching the parable, and I'll, I'll touch base on that, I was going down through some of the stuff that actually he was, you know, how the father was speaking to his son and how his son lost his way with his father, but his father accepted him when he came back. And I'm so thankful that that's what dads do, isn't it? They accept us, and sometimes we get so discouraged, and yes, and I know your family dynamic might have changed. And some things have changed in your family, but I want you to know this, that God is the father to the fatherless. And maybe right now in your life, you're in a place where maybe you don't feel 
like you have that relationship. But I want you to know you can go to your Heavenly Father and you can have a wonderful relationship. See, I know that my father hears me. And he gave me a role model like my dad. And yet, when I think that throughout my life, I know I disappointed my dad. I know he disappointed me. But yet, I still, I still was able to just go back to him. Some of the greatest counsel my dad gave me, dad's been gone now nine years, but was when we started the church, I would sit down and talk to him about a couple things. What do you think we should do? How do you think I should? And he would give me just some godly counsel. See, that's what dads do. And so, men, I charge you this morning, and I ask you this question. If you said to yourself, am I a good, good father, what would your answer be? How would you answer your own question? No one will judge you as harshly as you will yourself. And I have to ask myself this question, as I said, sitting on my porch, opening up the word of God and saying, am I a good, good father? Do I exemplify and mirror the image of Christ in my life? And yes, we might be charging the men this morning, but ladies, are you a good, good mother? And and better yet, teenager, children, are you a good, good child? And I think that's the question all of us should ask. Do we exemplify? Do we mirror the image? Of Christ. Remember the story of the parable where here it was, the prodigal son, he wanted all of his riches. He wanted all that that his dad could give to him. He was selfish. Everything about him was self-centeredness. And I love that in the story, and we'll highlight it here shortly, but I want to play this video. But it came to a place where I realized that even in my own life, no matter how discouraged we get, We can always run to God. No matter how broken we are, we can always run to God. No matter how broke we are financially, we can always run to God. And I'll never I'll never forget. Yes, my mom is still living and she was with us. I have a wonderful stepdad. And if there was a need that I had, I could go to them. But there's always something neat when you when you have a financial need, you can go to dad. And I knew that nine years ago, oh, no, now I've got to step up to the plate because this is what my dad expects of me, and I need to be a good, good son. Watch this video.
Aren't you thankful for the the verse that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Very, very comforting just to know that God's always there. And that He cares for each and every one of us. So I'm so thankful for that. What a beautiful song and a beautiful, beautiful picture of what Jesus was trying to express to the priests as he was saying, and many that were watching, this is the love that the Father has for his Son. If you would please turn in your Bibles to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1. We won't be long this morning. We'll be brief. I know many of you have arrangements, and I appreciate you coming to church and taking time out where we get to have the great opportunity of worshiping a good, good Father. And I stand up here humbled, and I, and I want to tell all of you this. Many years ago, I was taught that we were to basically make People feel the sense of conviction if they don't go to church. The Lord spoke to me several years back. And he said, Todd, it doesn't matter what you say or what you do or what you've been taught. They're not coming for you anyhow or anywhere. They're coming for me. And I always love when there's a holiday. And I know many people have arrangements. And some that are here, they wrote me and said that we're with my dad. We're with the family, and I love that because that's what family's about. And God instituted the family, and I love the family. But I'm glad that I can stand up here just knowing by the grace and mercy of God that we all come to church because we want to learn. And that's why we're here. Not because somebody made us, not because they woke us up. We're not here because of our reward, you know, of, okay, they told me, and so today we get that special crown or jewel that goes in my belt, you know, when I get to heaven. We're here because of our obedience and faithfulness to God. You're a good, good child of God. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. We're living in a loveless, fatherless generation. And God wants to give us a new and fresh revelation of the extraordinary love of God, the Father. Are you a good, good person? Are you a good, good child? Are you a good, good son? Are you a good, good daughter? Turn with me back to Psalms 103, verses 1 through 13. I love this chapter. Of the Word of God. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 13 says this. It's a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness. And tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 6. 
The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and he is gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt well with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God wants us to know, believe, and receive the extraordinary, unconditional love that he has for us. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, Ephesians 3, 17 through 21 says, I pray that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this from, from a man by the name of John Lake. It says, people fear God because of wrong concepts of God. Let a man meet God in Christ Jesus and he will love God. People fear God because of wrong concepts of God. Let a man meet God in Christ Jesus and he will love God. Father, bless your word this morning. Hide me behind the cross. Speak to our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. So dad, let me ask you a question. Do your children love you because you command them to? Because you demand them to love you? Do they love you because of how you have encouraged them and you showed them, you demonstrated your love for your children. Because when I look here, and I I love this quote, people fear God because of wrong concepts of God. And so what does that do? That translates into their spiritual life. So when you as a child feel that you have to love dad, despite his addictions, despite his lack of emotion, and compassion. And yet we wonder why people aren't in the churches committed to God because they never understood the level of love and compassion and devotion. They felt they had to. Isn't it great? You know, even in the story of the prodigal son, he ran to God as God ran to him and he was showing just that unconditional love that he has for his son. So much more we as children should show our unconditional love and appreciation for our parents like we should. The Bible says in John 14, verses 7 through 9, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. 
So how can you say, show us the Father? See, here we see that Jesus came to reveal to us a picture of the Father's loving heart. The Father demonstrates his love. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended, God demonstrated his love for us, and yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We sin and we don't have a relationship because sinning separates that relationship that you have with God the Father. How many of you desire to have that relationship with God the Father? Amen. We wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. We desire, we yearn to have that relationship with God the Father. And so that only comes from your quiet time, your prayer time, being in the Word and having that intimate relationship with Him. For He's a good, good Father. If you want to know how much God loves you, Meditate on the life and teachings of Christ as found in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then once you start to understand the heart of Christ, then you'll be able to do the same thing. Isn't it funny that, and I won't say funny, but in some respects we can say it's bizarre because as this week was a week of funerals, and the last couple weeks have been a time of reflecting of our lost loved ones. We reflect of those good memories that we had, right? And so we'll say, and people will walk up and say, oh, I haven't seen you in so many years. You remind me so much of your father. You remind me so much of your mother. And yet, all I want people to say is, and I know that for myself, I look like my dad. I took a picture yesterday. I was looking in the pictures, and I'm like, I'm even getting wide like my dad. What's happening? No wonder these shirts aren't fitting me anymore. It's so funny, my sister came up and poked my belly and goes, oh, you have dad's belly. Get your finger off of me. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I have heard that a lot. So now I'm standing up here. That's why I have to hide it with a vest. And uh, But here's what all our family members should say. Here's what people should say. Wow, you act just like your heavenly father. You act just like your heavenly father. And many of us don't work. We, we leave church. It's a marathon. Like I said, I am so glad that I can now just stop, move on, enjoy the summer. The summer is just like flying by us. And I know it's not just me. I know it's for so many others as well. And in Ohio, because we only have a few months, that's it. But I want people to say through everything that he had a good, good father that Pastor Todd represents who Jesus is. Can you say that about yourself? Can you say, yes, I have been a good, good father? The extraordinary love of God the Father. If you would, please turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, we won't make it long, and uh, we will... Go through this text, and then we'll finish. But I want you to see the extraordinary love of God the Father. So we saw the video. We watched the video. But I just want to read it for you. And, and as we read it, I want you to just kind of think about your relationship with God, where you have walked away from Him, and how you need to come back. And do you show the same grace, mercy, and forgiveness that the Father shows to us to other people? We are so 
busy about keeping record and judging people instead of forgiving people. So as you look at this story, we'll go from verse 1, and then we'll jump down after verse 3. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Verse 11. He said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance, wasted his possessions with wasteful living. And when he had spent it all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country, and he sent him into his fields and to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, we start seeing reconciliation taking place here. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father. I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And right there we start noticing the welcome of grace. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. So we see the robe of righteousness. We see the ring of sonship. They reinstated that relationship that they had with one another. Verse 23, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son who was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. His elder son was in the field and as he came back and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked, that these things, what these things meant. He said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him, and greeted him, and loved him, and begged him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. I look at that story and I think to myself sometimes, it's amazing to me because I, I've, I've been in families I've been in families, I've been in churches where they'll say, well, you're not going to accept him. Let me tell you something, this church needs to be full of sinners. This church needs to be full of people that feel that they can come back, that they can feel loved, 
that they can feel that Jesus Christ is here and that we get to mirror the image of Christ and show people that. Thank you. Can we hear an amen? I think we forget sometimes what our role is. Our role is not for us. Our role is for Him. And if we continue to show that same amount of love, I love that the little brother came in, grabbed his pacifier and his blankie, and he started a temper tantrum. Rolled around on the floor, kicking and screaming, and says, Daddy, this is all mine! As he was sucking on his pacifier. Right? And that's not what happened. His father walked over to him and said, Get up. Pick up your blankie. Give me your pacifier. Grow up. But he said this, just because your brother came back home, I still love you just as much. Isn't that wonderful? And so that's what God does for us. In our time of need, when we're empty, our extraordinary father comes and he shows us love and he demonstrates that for us. How many of you would say, I'm just physically tired today? Put your hands up. We're all physically tired. Isn't that amazing? So it's hard for us to be spiritually strong when we're so physically tired. I debated today. Do I keep the temperature like 75 in here because if it shuts off, the heat just starts to rise? Or do we keep it somewhat cool? And a little bit cool is a lot better than a lot hot. So I said, I'm doing a little bit cool. And so that we can be attentive and watch and meet the needs of others. So we're here today because we want to have an extraordinary relationship with God the Father. We're not here because it's our duty. We're here because we realize that he's a good, good father and we want to grow in him. Here's points to consider on this Father's Day. We noticed in the story that we saw and we witnessed the extraordinary love of God the Father. He didn't wait until his son got his penitent speech out or cleaned up his act. He loved him. He loved him despite what he was going through. Yes, his brother said, he's been on drugs, he's been smoking and drinking and whoring around, and I'm the good little boy, and look what you're doing. He didn't wait for all that. He ran out to him. He picked him up and he embraced him and loved him for who he was and who he is. The father ran toward him. He embraced him. He showed him what? Unconditional love. Oh, church, can we just start showing people unconditional love? Can we start showing mercy and compassion? Listen, I've had to practice it. I've had to practice it over the last couple weeks when my flesh wants to creep up and God all all of a sudden says, oh, you told me who you are, but I want to know whose you are. You're mine. So get your act together, Todd. I'm like, I know, you're a good, good father. And I'm just a sinful, sinful son. So we're all reminded of that. We cannot love God and love others until we know and believe the love that God has for us. And that's very difficult because I always tell people will come into counseling and they'll sit down and talk with me. They'll say, preacher, it's very hard for me to understand the love of God. Well, you don't understand the love of God because you couldn't understand the love of your earthly father. My dad was not affectionate. 
So I purposed in my heart, and I think I've shared this before, I purposed in my heart that I was going to give him love notes. For a dad who never said, son, I'm really proud of you. Son, I love you. Get over here, son. Give me a hug. So I purposed in my heart, and it started when I got married, that I was going to write him a love note. And so I wrote him a love note. And in that love note was a card. It was like a threefold and had this one side. So I put in there, and I said, I love you, Dad. Many years ago, he goes, hey, he used to keep like money in his top drawer. He goes, could you run in there? Twenty years later, I saw that card still sitting in the top of his drawer. He kept it in there. Oh, that wasn't it. Every time Father's Day would come around or a special occasion, I would always write in there a little story. I love you, Dad. He got sick. I started telling him. I, I already told myself, he's not going to leave this world until he says to me, not I love you, Bub. Not I love you, son. I love you, Todd. And so... He's in the hospital. I go, I love you, Dad. I know you do. He was a cowboy. You know, he didn't want to show any expressions on himself, real. You know, it's just that was how his personality was. So I said, you know, that's all right. Get him in the car. I love you, Dad. I know you do, son. I love you too, bub. That's, I mean, I didn't want to hear that. So in the very end of his life, I was able to say, Dad, I love you. And you know what he said? I love you too, Todd. It might have taken years and years and years, but you know what? I was just reminded when I got on my knees before God just this week and I closed the closet door and I went in there and put my face in the carpet, I started off my prayer by saying, I love you, Dad. I love you, Father. You're good to me. Here's what I went through today. And I just started talking to him just like if it was just me and my Heavenly Father sitting there, or me and my earthly father there, and at the very end I just said, I love you, Dad. We miss it. We understand the significance, but we need to express it. Our experience of the extraordinary love of God the Father is what will empower us to effectively love God and love others. But we must do this, meditate on the cross where God sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you a good, good father? For we serve a good, good father. In closing, in Romans 5, 5, it says this, the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to indwell in you and to show others. Pastor T and Robin were with family and friends yesterday as they were at a graduation party for Robin's niece. And they were able to exemplify and to show others about your good, good father. And like he said, one guy and his family walked up and they, you know, our families are so funny because we'll say things like, so I heard you're a pastor. Well, they're trying to get a negative charge out of us. And so the one guy said, where are you at, Todd? Really? That's awesome. As the guy turned around and walked away, he didn't get the response that he wanted. And so Todd had the great privilege of speaking of his good, good father. 
But see, he wouldn't have been able to do that if he didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within him. So as we close, pray for the Holy Spirit to pour out God's love into our hearts and for a revelation of his love. And I challenge all of you this. If you've been running, I want you to come back to the Father's house. I want you to come back to a place where you know that we serve a good, good Father. And that God has given you the great privilege of having a good, good Father. All I know is that God loves me this much, that much, and that much. Because he says, what is the height, the depth, the weight, all of that together is the love of Christ. I charge you men of God to stand up. To be counted as men of double, let me back this up, to be counted worthy of double honor. That your children will see the potential of Christ in you. So if you've stepped away and you haven't been that godly role model, I encourage you today to come back to Him. For He loves you. And He cares for you. And on that day, when I said goodbye to my father, I reflected back to when I was 13 years of age. Hey, Dad, do you know who Jesus is? Well, yes, son. No. What I mean is, is there a time? And as I sat, he was laying here in the bed. And as I was to the side, I just remember standing up. And I reached down and I touched my dad's face. And I kissed his forehead and I said, I love you, Dad. So maybe you haven't expressed that love. Maybe you haven't had the opportunity to really express that to your children. I want you to do that today. Now I'm going to ask our church family to do something that I've never done before here. But if you're a husband, and maybe you don't have children that are here. If you're a husband and you have children, you still serve a good, good father. I just want you, if you would, with your family... I know the song is the potter's hand. I believe. So with it being the potter's hand, I'm just going to ask you as a family just to pray over your husband, over your father. And if it's a little bit awkward, wife, then just let him pray and lead together as a family. Men, if it's difficult for you, listen, the altar has such significance. And so as the music will play here in just a minute, I want you to just grab your family. And, and I know for myself, I want to be a good, good father. I want to be a good, good dad. But I want my children to know that where we prayed, it was here at this altar. And when my life is over, they'll remember that their dad said that he served a good, good heavenly dad. And so today, if we'll all just rise to our feet as I pray over you and with you, I just ask you to, to just be encouraged and get together with your family. And for those that might even be single that are here, maybe you don't have a spouse with you, just you can sit in your seat and
and pray for those that are praying and then we'll be dismissed today. The children of God, man of God, woman of God, would you come back to him? Would you run back to him? Would you just do a little more today? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for a beautiful song that was wrote in honor of you because you are good. You even said in your word to start off our prayer with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Jesus, you were always speaking of your Father. For there was so much to be said that in the 33 years of your life you just could not really brag enough about your Father for all of the things that He provided and has done for our world. And so, Father God, we come to You today, Lord, to honor You in word and in deed. And so, Father, we thank You for our families. Help us be godly men and women and godly children putting aside just going to church lord we've already practiced our religious freedom but lord we need a relationship with you today and so god we pray that for those that are in this room if you pricked their heart and you need to just take a moment and pray and reflect upon you may they do that today for you're a good good father and in your holy name we pray As the music plays, feel free to get together with your family as I do mine. God bless you.